950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. So uh, last year, uh, during the Democrat of the Day segments, I welcomed on our next guest, uh, Senate District 15. She ran out there and she did not win, but uh, we, we're going to talk about how important she was. Anita Gall is kind enough to join us in studio and uh, chat with us. Hi, Anita. Greetings, Matt. It's nice to be here in studio instead of calling it in from my home in Marshall. Well, it is nice to have you here. And she brought me corn and honey. Love you. Straight from the farm. Love you. She brought me a big thing of honey. None for you, Brett. I, you could share with him. I could. Yeah. Uh, share with Matt. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll feed it to you like the scientist eats pudding. Okay, there you go. Here okay, you go. Next time I'll bring two. There's plenty of honey to share. No, you don't have to bring some for you. <laughs> Notice I never even mentioned the corn going to him. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, look at Brett's giving me. Uh, that's, put that in with yeah. HR, okay? Yeah. There you go. There's your HR complaint for the day. Uh, thanks for coming on out. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, you, of course, I think DFLers, if you were in the, the metro area right now, I, I, what, what I think we need to understand is we are one party. And there's a, sometimes a tendency to focus on the city, sometimes focus on the suburbs. Reality is, is that the DFL, there is a very simple reason the DFL has control of the House, the Senate, and the governor's race. And that is because we ran people everywhere. And the Republicans could not take seats for granted, including your district, which was pretty beat red, right? <laughs> Sometimes I like to say it's so red it's crimson. Okay. Uh, overall, I got 28% of the vote, but there were par- portions of uh, the district that I was as low as 20. Well, you, but you're, you as well, though. Went out there, and in speaking of the slings and arrows, you that was that was hard because right now, and I think some of these districts, as you noticed, you know, you just go out there to do a parade, and you're, you're putting a target on yourself. Oh, absolutely! I would say parades were the most hostile. There were some towns, you know, what they what they yell at you uh, takes a lot of. Uh, it almost pierces the armor. It takes a lot of emotional armor, in a sense, mm-hmm. to put that on so that it doesn't break you, I guess, in a sense, of walking a, a parade. And so that's why I was, you know, sitting here observing the interview with, with Representative Omar, and it was very inspiring because I know she feels so much oh, criticism and verbal abuse, and imagine. she is so strong. And so someone like me watches her and thinks, how, how can I be that strong, you know, because we— I experienced that too, but I think on a far lesser scale than someone like Representative Omar. I can't even comprehend. I mean, I, and I really can because, I mean, that is every day. It's like a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> you know, it's 7 a.m. What are you doing already here? Uh, by the way, they didn't mention that uh, the, the the insults during the parades and the Jason Aldean song. That that, that was never in there. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, yes. yeah, the not. smaller the town, the worse the insults. I'm going to say from experience. Oof. Oh, wow. yeah. but, but you are... Let's talk a little bit about some of these issues out there because we need to focus on this. I was just reading a, a story out of St. Cloud, St. Cloud Times this afternoon. I had lunch with this with wonderful friend of mine, and then I basically went home and prepped the show. I had lunch with her anyway. So I, so I, I, I was reading the story about the, the lack of daycare in St. Cloud in Central Minnesota. Housing, daycare, these are becoming massive issues. They are major issues here in the cities. They're major issues. Well, maybe not as bad in the suburbs, but in rural Minnesota, these are, you know, you know, economy and community crippling problems where they don't have affordable housing and they do not have daycare for people to be able to drop their kids off so they can go work. 
Absolutely. Um, I, speaking from my own experience, and you know, I'm uh, my children are old enough now where I don't need daycare. Mm-hmm. But when they still were in daycare, you know, I, I you would think about mm, maybe we'll have another one. And you first checked with your daycare provider. You know, you like did. will you yeah. will you be having an opening? You know, and I've I've also heard other people say like they determine whether or not they're going to have another child based on is there any any place. Of open is there a spot open, and and this is just as big of a problem in Greater Minnesota as it is here in the metro, and I will say you know there are communities that are getting creative. I wanna I don't know if you read the Star Tribune on Sunday where they talked about Laverne in Rock County, yeah. which is in the far southwest corner, you know, touching South Dakota, and they have come up with an ingenious idea. They're cre- creating a daycare center in that town through a partnership. You know, they're getting federal dollars, but there's mm-hmm. also community buy-in, donations, mm-hmm. and they are working together because they realize if you don't have childcare, you can't attract a workforce. You know, mm-hmm. people can't go to work if you can't find someone to raise your kid or to not to raise your kids, but to watch your kids. So it, it's just as important out in greater Minnesota as it is here in the metro. Well, and, it, and it's becoming a, a bit of an awakening here because, and, and I'll say this, these people have been represented by Republicans forever, but they, and Democrats, I know a lot of Democrats in the state that have tried to deal with the issues, uh, Iron Range DFLers, who have been trying to deal with the problem of daycare particularly. Is there ever a sticker shock more than that first kid when you take him into it? Oh my goodness, that, that scares you. But the reality is, is now the same people that they keep electing, they're the ones that are stopping any help from coming to these communities. Um, and, and so now, you, like you say, you look down there, it's like they are going to the federal government. There is this understanding. It's like, well, we have this legitimate problem. And it doesn't do a person any good to have to drive 40 miles to the nearest town to drop off a kid, then drive 40 miles back just to work. I mean, gas costs, you know, time commitments, it, it, the stresses of it all. We, I, I'm of the mindset. I think I hope the state does at some point look into investing into some sort of maybe a state daycare system where it's something that's offered out there. Kind of like an ex, uh, I've said for the seniors in rural Minnesota, an expanding of the metro mobility program statewide, so that people can get to the grocery store and get to church and have no problems and still be able to live on their phone farms, which may be three or four miles out of town. I think that there are some common sense ideas that can be done. Maybe next, hopefully this next term with still the DFL trifecta in the state, we might be able to get some of these things done. But they have to make sure you're looking at this practically because it this is stuff that's kind of really crippling rural Minnesota and forcing people to move out of the rural parts of the state. I agree. I agree. And what's so frustrating is that our Republican representatives always say no. To, you know, they vote no. They vote no to these programs and these this funding that is going to help greater Minnesota, that will help invest in our communities and make it better. I call them a bunch of naysayers, right? I call, I call them a different term. The event, uh, <laughs> I call them naysayers. They're constantly saying no to these to these proposals and these bills, but they never offer anything, you know, better mm-hmm. or instead of, right? They just they just vote no. And I think what the DFL really needs to do in now is just like promote what we've done. Like look at all the things the trifecta delivered oh my goodness. for greater Minnesota to yeah. make this a be- not only to make your life better, your family's life better, our communities better. We've got money for infrastructure. We've got money for our law enforcement free agencies. Free school lunches. We've got free school lunches, right? Oh. You don't always have to be checking your school lunch account like, oh my gosh, I gotta put more money into that, right? How, by the way, how much is that per year? It's it's five hundred dollars here in this in, in the suburbs per year per kid. 
How oh, much is that? Is that the same yeah, price? That's about ballpark for wow. them. Yeah, yeah, it's about the same. Hey, Republicans, good luck on trying to repeal that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, I know. And so we really, I think, the DFL just needs to constantly be promoting this, trumpeting from the rooftops. Look at all that we've done to make to help rural communities, mm. and you know, maybe maybe we can get a few people, you know, if in the next two, next year, next three years, might might change their vote, right? So well, so I'm, the next DFL candidate can get more than 28%. Well, and I right. well, you you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where you just have to keep hammering that home. I've actually of the mindset I think that in every town in outstate Minnesota the DFL should be putting billboards up saying, you know, we did this. DFL did this, not the Republicans. And I don't care how brutal it is. I don't care if you're afraid the billboards are getting vandalized. If you don't go out there and trumpet what you have done for these people, then they, because the, I guarantee the Republicans are already taking credit for the bills they voted against. And that's the crazy part. But the Republicans, you know, they'll sit there and they'll vilify teachers and then have the sincere earnestness to come on out and say, why doesn't anybody want to teach in the school district? I don't know, Johnny Jenkins. You know, I've got a suggestion. It might be you, but they are not helping. I'll give you another one that might not be necessarily direct to you, but I mean, deer hunters and stuff. And of course, a lot of deer hunters out in your area, chronic wasting disease. We had Ohio had to cancel their entire hunting season because chronic wasting disease was that bad. We know this is a problem. In the last session, the Republicans refused to do anything to help. This is hunting season, for goodness sakes. You're not helping. You're only getting in the way of things. And, you know, it's uh, there are just there are way too many Republicans in this state who don't want to be a representative or senator. They want to be an Internet troll. And that, I think, is what's really causing problems. And I think this is kind of the dynamic they're having to deal with is because people, I think, turn to the DFL because the reality is, is – the other side's just not there. And I know your district was really red, but the reality is we still have a trifecta in the state. And a lot of that has to do with you. I'll get back to that here in a second. But people just, I, you know, you're you're not doing anything. Stop it. You know, help. And the, the, the contrast here this year, as you said, I mean, that is a laundry list. And on top of what uh, Representative Omar put out there, that infrastructure bill. I guarantee you, within ten miles, twenty miles of everyone's house, there is a project yes. on that in that bill that's getting done. That's Absolutely. amazing. Absolutely, I've j- driven a lot of this summer around Minnesota, and everywhere there is road construction, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is a little frustrating right now. But I have to keep reminding myself, this is making better roads, and yeah. I will be so grateful once uh, this is done. Water treatment plant in Marshall—is it? You guys got a good one out there right we now? We got a good one right Go now. On. But I know, for example, with our DFL trifecta, they have gotten a number, a lot more funding for our rural water system. Good. So the Red Rock water system, the uh, Lincoln, uh, Pipestone Lincoln water system. So there, and uh, the city of Tyler got uh, money for their water treatment plant. So they're, you know, they have done so many good things for our local communities. I just, it's our job. And I know I speak as now as the Lyon County DFL chair. We had this giant banner made up for our fair. So at the fair, we have this giant banner. Banner, what have Minnesota Democrats done for you? Mm. And it just lists, like, I think mm. we've got, like, 20 different things on there. Mm. So we're there. We're promoting it. We're trumpeting it as much as we can. Well, and I think the state party needs to get out there and help you guys a lot more because, you know, you need to, you know, we're the, we're on the side of the people in these districts. The Republicans aren't. That's just that clear. Anita Gall is joining us right now. Lyon County DFL chair. Hello there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I buried the lead. Um <laughs> 
Let's let's. Well, first of all, how's summer? How's summer going out there? I mean, for for you, you've been traveling around a lot, but I mean, how, what are you seeing out in rural Minnesota right now? Well, I will say, from where I'm at, uh, we're dry. I think most like oh. everywhere in Minnesota could sure use some rain. I hear maybe Saturday we might get some rain, but uh, you can really tell it. The the crops are looking quite stressed. Um, mm. Things are getting a little dire. So uh, everyone put out a good word and hope for some rain. <laughs> are you at the point now? I mean, obviously, I imagine some are into the watering of it there. I mean, that's very costly, very expensive to, to pull that off. It, it's it's kind of one of those things. Are, are they having to bring in the water uh, watering programs now on this? Well, there's very little irrigation in southwest Minnesota. It, generally, you know, we get enough rainfall that yeah. it's not necessary. Once you get more into central Minnesota is when you start seeing the irrigation happening. So right now we're just hoping for a good rain shower. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the the status of the ant farmer out there is, is, has it been, you know, since we t- last talked, I mean, it, it, is the outlook for the farmer out there looking better in your mind? I think so. Um, you know, farming is always different. If land prices are so high yeah. right now and input, input costs are so high. Um, but when you're in farming, it's always it's always a difficult business. I know my brother uh, took over the family farm about five years ago, and you know he's he's uh, a diversified farmer. He raises natural hogs, grass-fed beef. He has bees. He has uh, uh, sheep. So um, because he has a dif- diversified income, uh, he. He's making a go of it. He's terribly busy, though. <laughs> the other day he calls me, I'm like, I don't know. I just work so hard. I never have time to do anything. I'm like, well, it's that, and you got four little kids. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. When you do have time, you're already, it's already booked. Um, is it, when you do that, and just for, for the layman person that's listening to you right now, when you have a diversified farm like that, um, and you, you are dealing with specialized product, do you get a better payday? I mean, a lot of times with farmers, it's, you know, you take it to the the, the, uh, the elevator, you're getting the bushel price, you know, you get one big check and you kind of that stretches through the year. When you're doing it as he is, I mean, is it one of those things where you're getting a little more, more you, know, you know, spacing between paydays if you're getting a payday? Uh, I mean, is it a better system, do you think? Well, it's, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, it's a diversified exactly. income stream, right? So if uh, pork prices are down, you know, hopefully uh, wheat prices are up. Or because he raises, he doesn't raise just corn and soybeans. He does a lot of small grains as well. Um, so with a, a diversified income stream like that, you know, you can sort of, mitigate your risk a little bit and then you don't have all your eggs in one basket, right? So that if the price of beef is low, you're like, oh my word, how am I going to make it through this year? You know, hopefully some other income stream uh, is doing all right. So, mm. you know, he is fortunate in that he has a, a strong enough farm where he is making a livable income. Uh, his wife is able to stay home and they have four little kids, so <laughs> she's busy. <laughs> uh, but they make a go of it. But yeah, it is it is a lot of work. And, and but I, I'm in, immensely proud of him because he's he's dedicated to the land. He's keeping the family farm alive and I, and he's carrying on, you know, the, the farm that he inher- that he is. Uh, inherited from my father, and he's doing a great job. Uh, and good for him. And and, is, is, and it's 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 an easy story to like. 
It's it is an easy story. Like it's salt of the earth. It is. It's not a Jason Aldean story. It's it's your brother. It's people going out there and working the farm and doing what they can to get by and then hanging out with the kids. And yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we need to we need to maybe do a fundraiser for a vacation for him. <laughs> maybe we we'll do that something like that. Maybe, maybe just a little time off. He's usually just so tired. <laughs> well, of course, it is summer. It is the peak bad. season. Yeah. We'll, we'll a nice bed someplace out in the woods of yeah, quiet. Yeah, exactly. Probably just needs a little peace and quiet. Yeah. One last uh, so uh, issue specifically about the, the the rural Minnesota broadband. Is it getting better out there? It is getting better, and with uh, the state and the federal dollars yes. coming in, uh, there's going. I think it's going to get even better, which is about time because you know, like, you know, just because we live out in Greater Minnesota doesn't mean we need good, strong, reliable, fast speed internet. You know, every everybody needs it to do business. So it's, it's medical, it's educational, mm-hmm. it's it's farming, exactly. it's everything. Um, I'm going to I'm going to if I may. I want every DFL right now to listen to me right now. You know why we have three, all three controlling bodies of the legislative branch, including the executive branch and the governor's office. We have that because of people like Anita. When you run DFLers in every district, even the beat red ones, they are forced to spend money in those districts. They're supposed to put volunteers out in those districts. Wisconsin has had problems. You know why? Because they don't run Democrats in all their districts, and it shows because it puts extra pressure on the toss-up districts because Republicans are going to just put tons of money into those districts. What Anita did was go on out there into an, an area where she put a target on herself just by saying, I'm a Democrat, I'm a DFL, or I'm running for this office. And she put up with it, and she ran, and you lost. But because you did this, we all won. That's, that's just the reality. We owe you and every DFLer that ran out in rural Minnesota a huge round of applause because this would not have happened without you. And if we, don't, we forget that, then shame on us because you are the reason why the DFL in Minnesota is a shining star in this country right now. And I am eternally grateful you've done. You have been magnificent. <laughs> Wow, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this. Maybe I could do my part because what the trifecta has delivered this session is just, it's wonderful. You know, as, as Governor Wall said, I'm an island of decency, right? <laughs> <laughs> an island of, and I'm proud to live in this island of decency. Oh, uh, uh, you come back anytime. Anytime you want. Well, you don't have to bring honey and, and, and corn. You don't. Mm. You know, other products. Now, tell me all he does. I'm going to say, farm. there might be other things that I could bring you from the farm, you know? I am. They've got freezer full of meat. So. This, this, this is how you get me wrapped around your little finger. Anita Gall, uh, the chair of the Lyon County DFL and last year's Senate District 15 candidate. Anytime you want to come back, you're you're an absolute hero, and I, and I adore you. Thank you for all you've done for the state of Minnesota. Well, thank you, thank you for having me. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.